Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Biblical Woman Podcast. I'm Kat. And I'm Nicole. Today, we are going to be talking about the foundations of our faith, the foundations of the Protestant faith. And I'm so excited about this because this stuff was life-changing for me when I started to study it, um, both formally and informally. It made such a huge difference in my life, and I'm very excited to share it with you guys as well. Yes, this is going to be so good. And you guys, it's October, right? So for most people... Most people, normal people probably think October and they think maybe fall, but they probably also think Halloween. But Kat, you and I have something else in our mind when we think of October, right? Yep. Yep. We think about the Reformation. (laughs) And so this is kind of like our kickoff introduction um, podcast episode to the series that we are going to do on the solas of the Reformation. If you were like, what the heck is that, then you're in the right place because this episode is going to kick this off and give an explanation for what is to come next. That's right. You know, October is the month of pumpkin spice, pumpkins, and the Reformation. So what more do you need? Yes. (laughs) Awesome. But yeah, so we're going to be talking about the foundations of the Protestant and evangelical faith. And when Nicole says solas, That is a fancy word for meaning only. So we're going to be talking about five only statements in this series and how they apply to you as a modern Christian. Yes. And these were born out of the Reformation Mm -hmm. and they are Latin, the Latin, right? Sola is Latin for only. And so out of the Reformation, there were five onlys that kind of became the central statement of um, defining what salvation is and how salvation is accomplished. Yes. Yes. And they really shaped how the modern, how the modern church, uh, believes and acts. And it's just, it's the backbone of our church. It really truly is. So, but the first thing that you might be wondering is like, why should I, as a modern Christian, you know, study the Reformation? Why should I study the solas? You know, how does this affect me today? Nicole and I, we got some answers for you. (laughs) Kat, I got to say, like, since we've been doing this podcast, since I've known you, you have definitely encouraged me and challenged me to really dig into church history because that just never seemed to be a priority in my life or something that I saw as like super important to do as a Christian, but it's been so good for me to do that. And I know I have a, I have a a ton to learn, but um, but just in general, let's talk about why we need to study history. And I know this could probably be a whole episode or series unto itself, but just quickly, let's, let's talk about a couple of these key reasons. First of all, Church history helps us better understand the Bible and avoid mm-hmm. theological mistake, which is pretty crucial, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Well, if you if you guys remember back to our Girl Runaway series, you know, we talked about a lot of heresies and none of them were new. The church has encountered all of these heretical teachings in the past. We've dealt with them before. So understanding church history is going to help us easily identify these old teachings and know how to address them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Second reason, church history, although maybe the title sounds boring, 
is really, really interesting. <laughs> like there are some really amazing events, some really amazing people that mm -hmm. I now know about that I never knew about before. So that's been really cool for me and for, I would say my kids too. Um, they've kind of gotten in on some of this and some of the books that we now have are kind of geared towards kids learning yeah. church history, but also I've learned a lot. And real quick, if you haven't heard of this other podcast with Steve Nichols called Five Minutes in Church History, it's fantastic. Like literally it's five minutes long and I just, I love it. These little nuggets of just mm -hmm. historical events like that I never knew about. And it's been really interesting to learn it. Five minutes is a perfect length for a podcast. Yes. Not yeah. that we can do that. But <laughs> right, right. But church history... <laughs> You know, there are some really awesome, amazing Christian women within church history. Like they are some of the coolest individuals um, that you can hope to learn from and just be encouraged by. Mm -hmm. I think church history also gives us optimism and hope. Um, mm -hmm. I did read a book this, um, this past summer um, on church history. It was just kind of like an abbreviated timeline, I would say, but it was really amazing to me just to see how God has persevered his church through yes. all of the different um, timelines of history, all the ages of history and how there's always been a remnant and these leaders that he has raised up, you know, to continue his church. It's been really awesome. And it gives us that confidence that that will continue. Well, and it's just so amazing. And like you said, encouraging to see his faithfulness on display you know, these past 2000 years. Yeah. And it's cool to think of that church history is ongoing, you know, because yeah. church history is the story of God working in and through his people, but that history is not completed. Like it is still continuing to this day. Like right now we are a part of church history, um, which is which super is really cool to cool think like about. <laughs> yeah. And just, I think the, maybe the last reason is just that church history is learning from others who wanted to know Jesus better. You know, mm -hmm. we kind of that, what's that expression? You know, we get to stand on the shoulders of giants, you know, who have gone yes. before us. Yeah. Great. You know, obviously we're talking about the reformation, some reformers of the faith, you know, but just other faithful men and women that God has raised up to uh, teach his word yes. and what we can learn from is just amazing. So, so those are some of our reasons for why just in general studying church history is important. There's probably more reasons that you could come up with, but I think, like you said, those are five important ones for us to have in the back of our mind while we're doing this series. When we think specifically about the solas there are a couple of things that you need to have in mind when we're talking about the solas or these five only statements as we proceed through the series. The first thing that you have to understand about these five solas is that they are all intertwined. They are all mutually dependent upon one another, and you can't have one without the other. You can't separate them. You have to have all five. So secondly, the five solas are just as important today as they were in the Reformation for capturing what is a part of the gospel. And when we talk about the Reformation, that began October 31st, 1517, when Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the church door. And it just took off from there. Mm -hmm. But so you might think, okay, well, five, that was 500 years ago. Yeah. But remember, like those foundational truths 
are still the foundational truths today yes. that they were back then, right? So they are absolutely crucial for us to know and understand and study. The denial of any one of the solas, such as the authority of scripture, can lead to the whole church collapsing. And the solas, they help us protect and identify our faith in a very easy and concise way. Yes. Now that you guys know kind of the three needs or the three, I guess, rules for the solas, let's talk about them and say what they are. So we have sola gratia, which is by grace alone. We have sola fide, which is by faith alone. Solus Christus, which is by Christ alone. Sola Dea Gloria, which is for God's glory alone. And Sola Scriptura. So how could I forget that one? <laughs> but those are the five solas, the five only statements that, that you need to know as we progress on through the series and through this episode. Yeah. And I'll say too. So again, remember that these solas are in regard to our salvation. Yes. Right. So that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone and Christ alone, according to scripture alone for the glory of God alone. Yes. So it's centered back to how we are saved. So what was going on with the church at this time in church history? What was happening that the church was in need of reforming? Like what was happening? Well, we got a crazy mess of things. So this is not a comprehensive list because there was so much going on religiously and politically that we don't have time to list everything. Right. There have been books and books and books and books on this topic. And we would definitely (laughs) encourage you to dig into that. Um, But yeah, today we just wanted to provide an overview, just a quick background. Yeah. So I think one of the most important things to understand about that time period within the Roman church was what was going on was we saw this chasm. We know that we are all born sinners and there's this chasm between us and God our sin has separated us from him. But what we see the Roman church doing during that time is widening that gap between man and between God in the sense of making the gospel less accessible to your laity, your average day person. So what this looked like was the service was in Latin. Scripture was in Latin. You know, there wasn't a Bible in any common language until the 1500s. You know, worship was in Latin. So if you couldn't speak Latin, you were distant or completely alienated from the gospel. Part of this came from the idea in Catholicism that there must be a distinction between clergy and laity. It it almost seems very much like a caste system. And so this system, it kept widening that chasm for the average person and God and the gospel became less and less accessible for the average person. Yeah. And if you couldn't read, like, how were you to know what the Bible actually said? You were totally dependent on the church Mm -hmm. and the priest to tell you what the Bible was saying for obvious reasons. That's a big problem. But along with that, church was also teaching salvation through means of specific sacraments that Mm -hmm. needed that somebody needed to do in order to achieve salvation. So some of those sacraments were included baptism, being confirmed as a youth, mm-hmm. being married. But yeah, there, there were all of these things that one had to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so basically it was like from cradle to the grave, 
the Christian was dependent upon the church and these sacraments in order to receive the grace by which one can be saved. So it was like this teaching of like, yes, Jesus was God and Jesus died, but also you have to do all of these things to achieve salvation. And these things are what the church says you need to do. Yeah. It's this really weird, like hybrid combination of ideas between a faith-based salvation and a works-based salvation. It's very interesting because it's like, yes, they say like, yes, Jesus died for your sins, but at the same time, you got to do all this stuff over here in order to make it to heaven. Yeah. Almost like the, you need to do these things to make that sacrifice effectual. Yes. Yeah. That's, I think that's a good way to put it. So all of this was going on and Martin Luther kind of got the ball rolling and nailed his 95 theses to the, you know, the church door saying like, no, actually this is not biblical. And here are the reasons why he kind of laid that out, mm-hmm. which led to a whole, host of, you know, um, events and debates and other um, reformers rising up to basically like back him up and say like, yes, what, what Martin Luther is saying is correct. And like, these were men that were martyred, not all of them, but a lot of the reformers were martyred for their faith. So Mm -hmm. this was such a huge deal. You can't even like overstate that because to come out and say something contrary to what the Catholic church was teaching at that time Mm-hmm. like was dangerous. It would cost you your life. Oh, absolutely. To me, one of the most interesting aspects of the Reformation was that Martin Luther nailed the 95 theses on the door in 1517. So around this time, we also see the Gutenberg printing press coming out. William Tyndale translated the Bible into English from original languages, the printing press starts to print Bibles that everyday people can read. So the movement just takes off. I just, I think that's so interesting. And just maybe that's God's blessing upon the Reformation was that now all of a sudden everyone has a copy and everyone can access the gospel for themselves. Yeah, I was going to say that's absolutely seems to be providential timing right there. And Mm -hmm. it's funny that you mentioned um, William Tyndall because He definitely was one of the reformers. And yesterday, I didn't know this, but yesterday on Facebook or on Instagram, I saw a couple posts about him because yesterday was kind of the anniversary day of, um, on that day. So it was yesterday was the sixth, um, in 1536, I believe it was that William Tyndall was burned at the stake. Um, and his crime was translating the Bible into English, which is absolutely sad. Like when you think about it. But some of the other reform, the other reformers, um, aside from Luther, um, a few years after him came John Calvin and Hugh Latmer. So those were some key guys. There were certainly many more, but those, in, along with William Tyndall, those are probably the, the big names that you associate most um, often with the Reformation. I'm really glad that we are doing this series, talking about the Reformation and talking about the solas, because when we understand the backbone of the Protestant and evangelical churches, we can answer so many foundational questions about the Christian faith and about the Christian church. And I'm really excited to see some of the questions that we can answer from these things. 
Yeah. Guys, you're in for a treat because this series, it's not just going to be Kat and I. Oh no, we've got some awesome guests um, for each episode um, of this series to help us out with these topics. So it's just going to be really great. I'm super excited. Me too. But yeah, so definitely stay tuned for Sola Fide and Sola Scriptura. I will not forget that one this time. (laughs) Uh, So excited about those. So definitely stay tuned and we'll be right back. 